At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Welcome to Bumpy Las Vegas for Post Kisses with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you guys. We've got a little bit of a two-parter coming as we're going to be joined in segment number two by Ethan Bach. He does great work over at the Portal Report. Coupled with that, I know that he does a great job over at West Virginia Sports Now, taking a look at everything that is happening with regards to the Mountaineers, whether that be college basketball, college football, what have you, and over at the Portal Report, I know that they've been putting together their roundups of some of these teams that have done a great job of utilizing the Portal. So we're going to be looking at a few teams that are a little bit off the beaten path, some mid-majors, some major conferences, including a team from the great state of Texas that he feels has done a very solid job here in the offseason. We're also going to be diving in on which schools have the most to gain slash lose with regards to these two-time transfer waivers. As we know, a lot of these in college football have been struck down. We shall see if that is going to be the case in college basketball. But many of us are prepping for this to be a case where we're probably going to be seeing a lot of these guys not be out there on the floor. So which teams are going to be impacted the most? We're going to be talking about that with Ethan in segment number two. Here in segment number one, we've done back-to-back conference previews on the podcast. We did the SWAC on the Sunbelt the last two days, so we're pretty much giving you a weekend roundup Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of what we all saw in college basketball. And we really only saw one piece of news. We'll get that to you in a minute. And if you ever do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my X timeline at GNRSCORDY1. We actually got it right this time. Keep in mind, letter CM. It does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. The lone piece of news that we really miss from college basketball is the transfer portal. It is pretty dead at this point. We have really not seen anyone else enter in or anything like that. We're now at, as I record this, September 11th. We always want to remember what happened on September 11th, by the way. That's one of those moments that if you're much like myself, I am 30 years old, you'll probably never forget where you were when you saw that news break. But that said, getting back to college basketball news and that front, Zach Fremantle. He missed 15 games 
games last season due to a foot injury. He is, according to Jeff Goodman and The Messenger, likely to be out until at least January and could miss the entire season. That is very rough as he was able to average 15 points, 8 boards. It was a very, very small sample size of 3-point shooting, but did shoot 63% from 3-point range a season ago, and that's a big blow. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more with Ethan in segment number 2. I'll get his thoughts on Xavier and their overall outlook because I thought with Zach Fremantle in the fold, this probably wasn't going to be a team that was going to be a top three seed like they were in the NCAA tournament a season ago, but I thought he would go very well with Abdu Usman, a little bit more of a defense-oriented big man. Logan Duncombe, he's a former top 75 recruit that never really got out there on the floor for Indiana, but I thought he had some upside. If he could learn a little bit from Fremantle, that'd be big. Now he's going to be pressed into action right away. While you've got Davion McKnight, Quincy Oliveri, in the backcourt coming in as guys that were able to register 14-plus points per game out in Conference USA last season. I do think that this is going to be very much an uphill battle. You've got a Xavier team that wasn't very deep last season. I thought that that costed them. Towards the back half of the season, I thought that they were able to address that just a little bit here. And not having Fremantle out there as a heart and soul guy that is going to be very much lost on a team full of transfers and freshmen. So this is really going to be affecting the way I do view Xavier. We're going to talk about a few different Big East schools when we do have Ethan Bach aboard, certainly St. John's, and all the transfer pieces that they bring in. I think that they are of intrigue. We're going to be taking a look at some of these teams that might be flying a little bit under the radar coming into the season. We're going to be taking a look at what to expect from the two-time waiver process and which teams might be affected the most, and so much more with Ethan on the flip side here on Coast to Coast with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous <laughs> of your generation yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. And now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by this fan as Ethan Bach. He does a tremendous job taking a look at college basketball on two different fronts. For those that are fans of West Virginia, he is over there at West Virginia Sports now taking a look at all things Mountaineers, whether that's football, basketball, you name it, he does it. But he's one of the main recruiting analysts over there at the Portal Report as well, as we know. There's been no shortage of things for them to be able to take a look at this offseason. Fortunately, it does feel like things are starting to slow down a little bit more with regards to the transfer portal. So that means Ethan Bach has been able to get more than an hour and a half of sleep, which is always a good thing. And to be able to follow him on Twitter, you're able to follow Ethan at his name, Ethan Bach, and then an underscore after that. Well, if you want to call it by the proper name, it's on X. But that said, Ethan, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Greg. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, Ethan. And Ethan, what I do appreciate is all the work that you guys over at the Poor Report have been doing all offseason of keeping things straight with the player movement. But as we know now, with the player movement, we've been able to get a good lay of the land. But now we don't know if some of these guys are going to be eligible or not. There's been a lot of two-time wave. There's been a lot of two-time transfers, three-time transfers. I know that there are some guys that have been in the portal more than three times at this point that they're awaiting waivers. And how are you sort of gauging this situation? Because if football is any indication of how it might be going for college basketball, I do have a bad feeling that there's a lot of guys that we were anticipating seeing for the upcoming season that we might not get the chance to see. Yeah, I think it's a day and night from last off season where it seemed like everybody was able to transfer with no penalty. John Rothstein reported that 18% of waivers have been cleared by the NCAA, which is definitely a low number compared to the last three years. So football side and basketball side, it's going to be interesting who gets denied, who gets accepted. We've already seen North Carolina wide receiver Tez Walker, his waiver got denied after transferring. His reasoning was uh, helping out his ailing grandmother, and, and that wasn't even enough for the NCAA to clear it. I think these guys on the basketball side that have transferred this offseason, I think they're going to start sweating a little bit. Yeah, I certainly do think so. And 
I take a look at some of these teams that are going to be affected, and certainly Ole Miss is one that comes to the forefront. Chris Beard has went all in on the transfer portal, and if they don't get these two-time waivers accepted, I think that they're going to be in a little bit of a world of hurt. Or some other teams, though, that you take a look at and you think that there should be some concerns for them right now because I noticed that with regards to hearing a lot of coaches' comments throughout the offseason, it felt like there was a little bit of a 50-50 divide those saying that, oh, it's the NCAA, they'll actually just clear all these waivers. And then the other 50% were feeling very cautious about some of the warnings that we heard early on during the offseason from the NCAA. Yeah, I'll throw the team I cover out there right away, West Virginia. Going into this offseason back in April, which feels like years ago, getting guys like Raekwon Battle, Omar Savario, and then Savario's waiver got denied in August, and then now we're waiting to hear about Raekwon Battle, who transferred from Washington to Montana State and then from Montana State to WVU. So they could really get affected by what this waiver is with Battle, especially. I think he's a five to seven win kind of player where I I don't know how West Virginia is going to replace his game, even though he hasn't even played yet for the Mountaineers. But Mountaineers still have Kirk Kreisha, Jesse Edwards, Jose Perez, Akoka Cook, Quinzelzinski. So they still have some veterans that are guaranteed to play this season, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Raekwon Battle especially. Yep, I think that that is going to be a big one because he began his career at Washington, spent some time at Montana State. So we shall see what is happening on that front as Ethan Bach, who does great work over at the Portal Report along with West Virginia Sports Live is going to be right here on Kuska Soups. And have you heard anything with regards to basketball being a little bit different than football? Or is this just a big giant wait and see? Because I've been trying to gather as much as possible. And the NCAA with regards to basketball waivers, they just haven't acted too much on it. Obviously, they've acted much more on the football waivers since that season has already started. But I just haven't really heard a lot on this front. And I know that there are some differences with regards to basketball and football. So if you don't have anything, do not worry about it. But I just find it very strange that we have not heard a lot on these waivers. Yeah, it's been quiet on waivers up until this month. I think September is going to be the month where teams start applying the applications, getting all the information and arguments to the NCAA. It's been quiet for the most part. But then you look at all the numbers and you've seen on the football side, guys get denied. You just kind of have that feeling that it's going to be the same for basketball if the NCAA keeps it correlated into the each sport. Yep, I think that this is going to be really something to take note of. And as we know, there's a lot of schools that they are going to be either positively or negatively affected by this. I know that you guys over there at the Portal Report have been doing a great job over the last few weeks. And for that matter, I would say a little bit over a month because now we've gotten some great clarity as to what these rosters are going to be looking like before the two-time waivers, whether they are going to be confirmed or denied. But I know you guys have been highlighting some of these teams that have done a good slash not so great job of being able to gauge the transfer portal. And we're just a few teams in general that stand out to you that you take a look at them and you think perhaps they're hiding a little bit under the radar. Yeah, I think a team that kind of came under the radar later into the summer is Texas Tech. I think that's just because of the late additions they got with Joe Toussaint. He transferred after Bob Huggins resigned and then getting Warren Washington and Devin Cambridge from Arizona State. So just getting late transfer additions like that, I think Grant McCaslin's going into his first year in Lubbock where they actually they actually could be a dark horse team and finish in the top half of the Big 12. And I do think that with Texas Tech as well, it's going to be really interesting to see the style that they play because I know you do obviously a tremendous job taking a look at the Big 12 as you do a lot of your work taking a look at West Virginia. But I do think that 
The biggest question I have with Texas Tech right now is whether or not Grant McCaslin is going to have a mirror image of the style that he had in North Texas, where the team was the slowest in all of college basketball by darn near a possession per game of any team in the country last year, or if he's going to be looking to try to speed it up because he did get a lot of guys that he wanted in the portal, but at the same time, there are a few guys like Pop Isaac and company that are going to be returning from last season. And while Texas Tech was not a blazer by any stretch of the imagination last year, they certainly weren't the slowest team in all of college basketball. How do you think that that tempo is going to be looking? Because I err on the side of it being slower. I just can't see them being number 362 out of 362 once again this year. Yeah, it's interesting. My first question that I think you need to figure out first is who's going to primarily ball handle? Is it going to be Pop Isaacs or Joe Toussaint? Or is McCaslin going to run both at the same time and have Toussaint as a combo guard or Isaacs as a combo guard? I think in the end, McCaslin tries to go with his system that he had at North Texas, but I'm not sure if it's going to work out. I do think it benefits Isaacs and Toussaint especially, but I think in the front court, with all the new moving pieces that they have, I don't know if it's going to work out, but I think he should try to use a system from North Texas. I'm in agreement with you there. I think that Texas Tech has done an amazing job of being able to put together this roster, but I do think that just a little bit of a different ball of wax going into the Big 12, so... That is going to be something to factor in as Ethan Baku does great work over at Portal Report is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Soups. And I know that you guys over there at the Portal Report was highlighting this team a little bit, and that would be awesome PM. What awesome P has is something that I absolutely love. A bunch of guys that they're following their coach from their previous stop. As we know with Corey Gibson, he was coaching over there at Northwestern State. He brings with him DeMarcus Sharp. He brings with him Jamonta Black, Isaac Haney, all those guys. Now, I do think that there's going to be some questions because one of these guys transferred with him last year as well. So you are going to have some two-time transfers that are in the fold. I think that they are going to need to have some waivers come through. But I take a look at Austin Pete. I think that they're one of the more interesting mid-majors in all of college basketball in a school that if they can actually get all these guys out there on the floor – I think that they have a chance to really wreck some shop out there in Atlantic Sun that no longer has Liberty. Yeah, you can't you can't get worse than nine and twenty two last season or finish fourteenth in the A Sun. So yeah, I like what Austin P did bring in all the guys from the previous school. I think Coach Gibson's going to have a competitive team to run with in the eighth son, and it's going to be interesting to see how his first year goes, especially. And is that something that you do take a look at with some of these teams that might be able to emerge right away? Because I noticed it last year with Southern Miss. I didn't think that Southern Miss was necessarily going to be number one in the Sun Belt last year, but I did see that there were a few guys in Felipe Hase along with Neftali Alvarez that were coming in from Mercer together. And when I see multiple guys coming in from a similar school, perhaps they're following their coach in the case of the gentleman from Mercer, they were not. But when I see multiple guys come in from the same school that have had a little bit of camaraderie with one another, it does make me upgrade them a little bit. I'm not sure if you do the same thing, but I think that that's something that is really big when taking a look at these guys and where they go in the transfer portal. I think chemistry obviously is important. And I think a big complaint with coaches and fans and everybody, it seems with the transfer portal is you can't establish year by year chemistry. Well, if you're getting guys from your school, you bring a couple of your guys from your previous school to your new school. I think that's the best you can do in the transfer portal with chemistry, especially like when you look at Rick Patino going from Iona to St. John's, bring a couple of his Iona guys over. 
it's the best you can do with the transfer portal and trying to regain chemistry and just that team bonding. And you just bring up one of the most interesting teams in all of college basketball from this offseason in St. John's. And they're a team that they are going to be relying upon some of these waivers as well. There's no question about that. But how do you view the St. John's team as of right now? Because I do think that there's a few misfit pieces, but all in all, I do take a look at this bunch and there's a lot of talent there. It's just all about whether or not that chemistry is going to be there. And I feel like Dennis Jenkins being deemed as a graduate transfer about a week or so ago, that was very big for the team as well. Yeah, getting Dennis Jenkins immediately eligible is vital. Like you said, St. John's cult going into this year is the most interesting team. First year under Rick Pitino, he has guys from all over the place. Power five, mid-major, low-major, especially getting Jordan Dingle from Penn. Like you said, Dennis Jenkins getting eligible. It's going to be interesting. I think St. John's is definitely competitive in the Big East, and I think they have an opportunity to make the NCAA tournament. But there also is that opportunity of if everything goes right, they could really do some damage in the Big East and finish top four if they really wanted to. I think so as well. And I do have to throw out there another Big East school as well, one that has utilized the transfer portal quite a bit, and that'd be Xavier. And with Xavier, we did see some news with this team over the last few days that, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's a little bit off-putting, the fact that Zach Fremantle might not be good to go forget the beginning part of the season. There's a chance that he might not be able to take the floor at all until like late January, perhaps the entirety of the season. How do you take a look at the Xavier team? Because I like the fact that they brought in the likes of Davion McKnight and company. I thought that they worked the transfer portal very well, but I felt like Zach Fremantle was going to be that heart and soul piece this season. And if they're without him for much of the campaign, it does cause me to be a little bit more bearish on Xavier for this upcoming season. Yeah, it seems like Zach Fremantle can't catch a break. Luckily for Sean Miller and his staff, they got Logan Duncombe out of Indiana. I mean, Duncombe didn't play much under Mike Woodson, but just at least having another body to try to step in the role of Freeman will be huge. I mean, did any of us expect Sole Boom to go off for Xavier last year and lead him to a three seed? Not particularly going into the season. So I definitely expect McKnight to take a take a huge step and keep Xavier competitive in the Big East. Absolutely. And I did think that Sole Boom was going to have a solid year. I didn't think it was going to be to the tune of where he was averaging 16-plus points per contest part of one of the best three-point shooting teams in all of college basketball as well. And I'm not sure if you were surprised by this as well, but I was very surprised at how up-tempo Xavier had played because just looking at the track record of Sean Miller, he was always like a mid-tempo coach. It was always a bunch of teams in which it felt like they never were really pushing the tempo. It was like they were sort of a middle-of-the-road team that they would sort of just mix and match. And last year, they were really trying to be an offense-first team and defense. It was a little bit more of an afterthought. Do you think it's going to be the same this year with the pieces that they bring in by the transfer portal? Or do you think that we might see a little bit more of what we saw from Sean Miller when he was at, well, Xavier the first time, along with when he was at Arizona a few years ago? But yeah, if Xavier McKnight can replace Boom's role, I think they can have that same tempo. I mean, you don't have Fremantle at least until conference play it sounds like if that Fremantle could get around in any tempo that you need in the play or whether it was Travis Steele system or whether it's Sean Miller's so I think Sean Miller just has to go with the flow basically either return to that Arizona or that first tenure Xavier tempo or 
just do what they did last year, and it obviously worked for them. Yeah, but it did work for them all the way to the tune of a three seed in the NCAA tournament. You could tell that maybe they were grinding down just a little bit towards the end of the season, so would like to see a little bit more depth this year, perhaps more of a seven- to eight-man rotation rather than a six-man rotation would be voting well for Xavier, but a team that certainly has a lot of upside, a man that always shows a ton of upside, and a man that he always does a great job of being able to execute on that. That'd be you, Ethan. You do an amazing job taking a look at the game of college basketball. You do great work covering all things West Virginia as well, whether that is basketball, football, baseball, you name it, you do it. So let the good people at home know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, so you can follow me on X or what was known as Twitter, <laughs> at EthanBach underscore. That's where I cover all West Virginia stuff, Transfer Portal, trying to dip into high school recruiting as it starts scheduling this month in October. And yeah, I appreciate it, Greg. Thanks for having me on again. It is always great to have Ethan aboard. He does an amazing job covering this great game that we all know and love of college basketball. And every single time he joins his podcast, lends amazing insight. So big thanks to Ethan for joining me on Cusco Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Cuss Cuss Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNN underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. I am with you guys every single day on this podcast here in the offseason, taking a look at the news and notes of college basketball, coupled with that. Also diving in on these conference previews. Expect the WAC conference preview podcast up tomorrow. So I'm going to be getting another one of those. It'll be three in four days. So we are starting to get to that time of year. And then once we do get in season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I do appreciate you tuning in today. And I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today.